This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Alice Dempster, and welcome to our final episode of How Far We've Come, our six-part podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. They're keen to help Aussies make the most of their financial independence, and that means helping you to learn about your finances so the decisions you make today mean you're investing in your future. Last time, we looked at the Sex Discrimination Act. A big part of that was ensuring that women aren't discriminated against in the workplace for being pregnant. And in this episode, we're looking at another big piece of the puzzle when it comes to motherhood and financial independence. We'll rewind to 2011. That's when the Australian Paid Parental Leave Scheme was introduced. It meant that Aussie women could take time off to recover from birth and care for their new child, all while keeping their jobs and being paid. But first, let's dive into the context. Parental leave and the arrival of a new family member can lead to many questions. Who should take it? Should you split it? How long can you afford to take off? It looks different for every family. In Australia, mums get 18 weeks of paid leave from the government at minimum wage, which is about $800 per week before tax. Dads get two weeks, but they can use their partner's leave. And more than half of employers also provide their own paid parental leave, which in most cases is offered equally to men and women. But Australia's policy doesn't stack up well against some other developed countries. Take Sweden, for example. Employees in Sweden receive a total of 480 days of paid parental leave per child to be divided between parents, and they're paid 80% of their usual wages. Meanwhile, across the ditch, our Kiwi cousins enjoy 26 weeks of paid parental leave. And of course, the land of the long white cloud is also home to perhaps the most famous mat leave taker in the world, former PM Jacinda Ardern. And, and how have the, the kind of parenting skill sets emerged? Is there a master of nappies in the house? Clark actually opts to change a, a lot of nappies. Um, yeah, I think probably when Neve moves on to solids, maybe he'll try and back away from that a little bit more. Um, and I think that's probably, again, that's just that job sharing. Of course, I'm doing the feeding, and so he picks, picks up the slack in other areas. She was the first elected world leader ever to take maternity leave. She was asked lots of questions like that, and it caused a lot of discussion about whether a male PM would face the same line of questioning. At the other end of the scale is the United States. There, you get no paid parental leave. The law only requires you to be given 12 weeks of unpaid leave, and that's only if you work for a company with more than 50 people. You need to be full-time and have worked there for over a year to access it. That policy leads to some difficult situations like this one. Selena Allen's baby was born six weeks premature, but she could only afford to take four weeks off from work in total. We decided the best thing we could do is to spend the one month with Connor when he's home with us. I gave birth on Wednesday and on Monday I went back to work. It was like a piece of me got left in that hospital and now I had to pretend that I'm okay. So that's the context. Australia's paid parental leave policy isn't the worst in the developed world, but it's also not the most generous. 
So let's rewind to the late 2000s when it was first introduced. Kevin 07. Who can forget that slogan? It was 2007 and the new leader of the Labor Party, Kevin Rudd, led his party to victory over John Howard in the Australian federal election. The union movement had long been campaigning for a government paid parental leave scheme and Australia was holding out as one of the last advanced economies to offer it. Prime Minister, I'd just like to give you a message today. Um, You're a father yourself and you know the importance of caring for children. There are hundreds of thousands of families depending on you to make this decision and make their working lives and their family lives a lot easier. That's a snippet from the union campaign in the lead up to the 2009 federal budget. And a couple of months later, the Australian Paid Parental Leave Scheme was announced. It was passed in Parliament a year later, but before it had time to come into effect, this happened. It's with the greatest humility, resolve and enthusiasm that I sought the endorsement of my colleagues to be the Labor leader and to be the Prime Minister of this country. You'll recall this was the start of an era of political musical chairs in Australia and Australians were headed back to the polls. Paid parental leave became a bit of a talking point in the 2010 election. Opposition leader at the time, Tony Abbott, wanted to increase paid parental leave to six months at full pay. This is not only uh, visionary social policy, but it is important economic reform. It wasn't meant to be, though, and Labor won that election by a whisker. On the 1st of January 2011, the government's paid parental leave scheme came into effect. Many mothers were relieved, just like this one, Julie Mumford. It enables me to, you know, continue to live the best that we can um, without struggling too much and um, still enabling me to go back to work and feeling comfortable about that. It's really about choice as well. Um, I think that that's really important for women to have. And if you're wondering what happened when Tony Abbott did eventually become Prime Minister in 2013, his policy was dropped in the face of internal and external opposition. You might be thinking, where are all the dads in this? There's a reason we have been talking about women here, and that's because to this day, not many men take paid parental leave, even if it's on offer. At the moment, Aussie dads take 20% less paid parental leave than dads globally. We've mentioned Annabelle Crabb a couple of times in this series, and she wrote an essay on the topic. Men are worried about asking for parental leave or flexibility because while women are expected to make those requests, it's never a surprise when they do, lots of workplaces do not expect men to ask for this and are a bit funny about them when they do. Like So they feel, and it is a justified feeling in many workplaces, that they will be judged as less committed, less appropriate for promotion, less serious about their jobs. And it's a real subterranean cultural pressure in Australia, right? There's been little change to the Australian paid parental leave scheme in 11 years, but there are changes afoot. We will dive into those in just a second. You would have heard at the start of this episode that we worked with NGS Super to make this series, and they've got a quick message for listeners. 
Because when it comes to having kids and finances, there is a lot to think about. For example, paid parental leave does not include super payments. And for many women, that can leave a big gap in their contributions, which affects their overall balance. One thing you might want to consider is having the working partner contribute into the caring partner's super account. It's not the only thing you might want to think about, though. There's questions on things like insurance, or maybe you want to make sure where you invest your money will help leave the planet in a better state for your kids. To help make sure you've covered your bases, NGS Super has a bunch of resources that can help you out. Last year, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese announced a solid increase in the number of weeks parents can take. Today I'm proud to announce that the first budget of our Labor government will deliver the biggest boost to paid parental leave since it was created by the former Labor government in 2011. We will expand paid parental leave to 26 weeks, a full six months. That's certainly a step up, but mothers will have to wait until 2026 to access the full amount. Labor also had a plan to pay superannuation on paid parental leave, but this was dumped prior to the election with frontbencher Tanya Plibersek saying it isn't possible for us to fix every problem in the first term of government. At present, Aussie women face a decade-long drag on their incomes. In the first five years after childbirth, they earn on average less than half of what they were earning prior to having kids. That's even if they are the household's main breadwinner. And women who continued to work the same hours still found their income fell by 5%, while men's kept rising. Cue the gender pay gap. You might remember that discussion from episode two. A key recommendation to close the gender pay gap is encouraging dads to take more leave when the baby is born. Here's Georgie Dent. She's executive director at The Parenthood. So changing paid parental leave so that you are specifically encouraging dads to take it makes a difference in the way that both parents are able to not just care at home, but how they then participate in the paid workforce. So what we know around the world is that when mums and dads share the care more equitably, their participation in paid work stays more consistent. Men and women in Australia, until the age that they have children, have got really similar working patterns. But what happens when a baby comes along is that a mum's working hours and income drops really significantly. And that's borne out in the numbers. Countries with more generous paid leave schemes for fathers tend to have a narrower gender pay gap. And another factor at play is the out-of-pocket costs for childcare. You'll likely have heard or know yourself just how expensive it can be. And it's another obstacle that stops women from participating in full-time work. So while we're catching up with the rest of the world on paid leave for parents, the financial burden for women is still significant. That's a wrap on the final episode of our series, How Far We've Come. What a ride it's been. We've come a long way when it comes to women's equality and financial freedom in Australia, but there is still work to be done. I hope you've come away feeling a little more informed about the journey we've been on. And if you haven't already, check out our previous episodes. Our webpage also has all the content we covered, as well as links to find out more. I'll put the link to that in our episode notes. And we'd love it if you share this podcast with your mum, grandma or your friends. 
As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. Please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you. Thank you.